this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today it was only in 2022 after the third wave of the covid-19 pandemic that schools in india finally reopened fully after two plus years of pandemic related disruptions Educationists had flagged concerns both about students potentially dropping out and about learning losses. The annual status of education report 2022, ASR 2022, brought out by the NGO Pratham last week, reveals that at least one of these concerns may not be a problem. Overall enrollment figures for the 6 to 14 year age group have increased and the number is now over 98%. Learning losses however are steep. both reading and numeracy skills in children have taken a huge hit the percentage of class 3 children who were able to read at the level of class 2 has dropped from the already low 27.3% in 2018 to 20.5% in 2022 a decline visible across most states in both government and private schools the number of children who can do basic arithmetic at grade level is more varied but still not promising India now has a national education policy 2020 which stresses the importance of fundamentals in education and a scheme the Nipun Bharat program launched in 2021 aimed at achieving foundational literacy and numeracy for grade 3 children by 2026-27 but even as a roadmap is laid out for lower primary school children data from ASR from 2012 to 2022 shows that learning trajectories in upper primary classes 5 to 8 are relatively flat So where is the education system stumbling? Families want their children to be educated. This is clearly evident in the rise in number of children going for private tuition classes. What can be done post-pandemic to help children catch up with their learning? Do we need better teacher training, bigger budgets, more resources? In our curriculum-heavy board exam-driven system, how can the country ensure that no child is left behind in their school career? To speak to us about this and more, We have with us today Rukmini Banerjee, CEO Pratham Education Foundation. Good afternoon Dr. Rukmini Banerjee and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Lovely to be here. Dr. Banerjee, the ASR 2022 report has findings that are both good and bad. While enrollment levels of children in schools have remained very high despite the pandemic, the learning losses especially in reading are significant. The report says that nationally children's basic reading ability has dropped to pre-2012 levels. Could you explain this to us? So, you know, the last ASAR report, uh, the one that uh, we do in the field that goes to all rural districts was done in 2018. And so if you think about the period between 2018 and uh, 22, you could almost think about it in three or four parts. 18 to March 22, uh, 18 to March 20 was normal business as usual, schools running. Then March 2020 till sometime in 2022, schools were closed. You know, it varied a bit across the country. Then schools opened, let's say by April. And then there was in most states a uh, summer vacation because it was a very hot summer last year. So what we see in the 2022 results the data was collected in september october is actually a combination of all of whatever may have happened in the four years so i suspect what has gone on is that there was a we had before 2018 uh, learning levels which were not satisfactory at all then we had the big shock of the pandemic 
where with schools closed, naturally learning levels went down. And then I think there has been a, you know, different levels of recovery, depending on what happened in the school and what happened at home. So we are seeing kind of a composite picture of a history of the last four years, where the overall picture looks uh, negative for learning, but which is at some level not surprising. If you have schools closed for so long, the younger children never even got a chance to learn, right? The ones who are in third standard today never had any education before this. So uh, the fact that they actually know something to me is actually a surprise. Uh, and the older children who had been in school uh, have probably, you know, sort of lost some things because they were not practicing the school-based kinds of learning. So that is how I look at all of this. And, you know, um, every state has had a slightly different picture depending on when schools open, what were family characteristics like and so on. So that, that's how I would look at this whole story. You spoke about how every state has a different picture. Doctor, tell us a little bit about the differences that the report has found statewide when it comes to education. Uh, the report saw that some states that originally had better learning levels also had a higher drop in learning levels, correct? Post correct, the pandemic? Correct. Yes, yes, yes. So there are. Um, uh, let, let's look at this in three ways, okay? One is that during 2021, Asar was actually able to go to three states and do a state level uh, survey. So you have some state level estimates. Karnataka was one where we were able to go in February of 21. So before the second wave, we went to Chhattisgarh in uh, October or so of 21 and West Bengal at the end of the year in December. Three very different states, different uh, situations, right? Now, if I look at these three states using the 2021 data, you see that learning levels fell quite a bit till 2021 and then there has been a rise again so it's almost like a ball bouncing the ball goes down and then to the extent to which it bounces up depends on you know various things so in these three states if i take you'll see that west bengal has had the lowest uh, there's been a drop but it's been very it's not been much and again asar cannot tell us why because asar is just a temperature taking mechanism but we can see that West Bengal has very high tuition levels. All the way from standard one till standard eight, the children attend tuition classes. And even though it was at a very high level, it's gone up slightly, I think, since then. So probably the decline uh, in West Bengal was not very high, uh, was not much, because children were getting some kind of a supplemental ongoing help in the community. But you look at states like Punjab, like uh, Maharashtra, like Himachal, like Kerala, where uh, there isn't much of a tuition culture. And so, you know, the, when schools closed, I think what you saw is that, uh, you know, it was not replaced or it was not supplemented by that kind of uh, additional flexible supplemental support, perhaps. I mean, we are just conjecturing why this is the case. But I also think that these states which had relatively higher learning levels will pick up quickly. Because the drop has not happened. It's not like a child who had learned to read fluently has forgotten everything. I think what it's showing is that they are out of practice. <laughs> so I think these states, next time we do it, I will suspect we will find that the high performing states have made up and more. What is interesting is there are three states where actually the 2012 levels are higher than 2018 for some classes and some subjects. UP is one, Bihar is one and Jharkhand is another one. 
And I think deeper analysis is required to see what has happened. But two things, at least from Asar, I can say, UP has had the biggest shift out of private schools into government schools, 13 percentage points plus. And Bihar has had a massive increase in tuition. So somewhere, I think these factors are also contributing to the, you know, the status of the learning levels that we see in these states. Dr. Banerjee, the government's Nippun Bharat program launched in 2021 aims at achieving foundational literacy and numeracy for grade 3 children by 2026-27. Do the ASA report findings point to challenges in achieving this? I, I think uh, it, it's several things here, right? So one is we know what the third standard levels have been like for the last 10 years. And if you look across the country, some variations across states, but if you look across the country, you will see that it was quite steady and slight increase from 2012 till 2018. Minor incremental 2 percentage, 3 percentage points change in both math and reading up to 2018. So we know that in the past, business as usual leads to little, little changes, not big changes. Then along comes COVID, school closure, whatever. There's been a drop from this 25-27% children being at grade level. Grade level meaning they can read fluently, they can do basic arithmetic. Going down to, I think, reading at 20% now and uh, uh, math at like 24-25%, something like that. So we know what our starting point is. And we know that our goal by 2026-27 is we have to take this 20-25% number all the way up to as close to 100 as we can go. And we know that our past history has is not helpful in that because we know that whatever we did in the past doesn't work. Now, if you look at what has happened since the new education policy came out, one is that the policy says very clearly what a goal is. Prior to this, if you asked any teacher, you know, what is your goal? She'd say completing the syllabus for the year, right? And that's what most... Uh, most teachers, whether in private or government school, would say that. Now we have a clear goal. It's a very, very clear goal for the country. In addition, the new education policy says, think about this Nippon goals for age eight as a continuum, starting from pre-primary all the way, starting from age three, going all the way up to age eight. So that's how we have a five-year runway to be able to achieve this, starting much earlier than normally was being done, which was in standard one. Then there was a national curriculum framework, which has to match Nippun Bharat and match uh, the NEP uh, guidelines. And interestingly, the government released the first portion of the national curriculum framework in October of 2022. So Nippun Bharat goals are there. The translation of the goals into, you know, of sort of policy into practice. The first thing would be, you know, creating these, uh, what should the curriculum be? And I feel it's a very plus point that they did not wait to release the curriculum framework for pre-primary to 12th in one shot, but they've brought out the foundational one quickly so people can get going. A third interesting thing I think is that in Asar, although the assessment is done at home or in the community, we do visit one government school in each sampled village. And there we asked a new question this time. The question was, has the school received any guidelines or directives on Nipun Bharat? And has have any even one teacher been trained in, uh, in the new Nipun Bharat type uh, uh, interventions in the school? The answer to these two questions is close to 
So I feel like the announcement of the goals, the release of the curriculum framework, quick movement on building up the capability of the teachers to be able to do things that Nipun Bharat requires has gone off to a pretty good start. Now, whether this will translate you know, adequately into outcomes, we have to see. But these are all new pieces to the education landscape that we have not seen before. So you can probably guess that I'm saying that these are, a, these are positive and promising signs, but the momentum has to be sustained and built up because we have to go from this 20, 25% level every year with big, big jumps towards 100, right? Uh, so it's almost like training for the Olympics, if you ask me. <laughs> That will be a steep, steep jump then, Doctor. Uh, I was going to ask you about the NEP 2020 as is, uh, because it highlights the need, as you were telling us, to focus on fundamentals, the foundational literacy and arithmetic concepts for children. How well, uh, based on the ASA report findings, would you say, you just talked to us about how the teachers in at least 80% of schools that you visited said that they are getting training on Nippon Bharat. How well would you say that the NEP is now being implemented Keeping in mind that state education is a state subject and the fact that we had the two pandemic years in between, are we are we heading in the right direction? So I would say that so education, the new education policy has many parts, right? The Nippon Bharat part is only one part. It's a, according to me, it's the clearest path where the road of how to get there, you know, at least is clear how we will get there, what we will do may still need to be worked out. So there is a clear challenge about how do you create this basic, strong, broad foundation by class three. And I see that we know where we are on that. And we know what, you know, is the process that is uh, being put into place to achieve. Now, but there is lots of kids in our school system beyond class three, right? And uh, we can see from the ASAR report two things. If you look at class four and five, you will see that they've taken a big hit as well. So, you know, somebody needs to work with them to help them catch up. If you look at the numbers for classes 6, 7, 8, now, you know, remember, ASAR is a very floor level test. I'm only measuring second standard level of reading and I'm measuring maybe third or fourth standard level of math. So very floor test. So for the higher grades, ASAR does not show a big change in many states or the, or the declines are lower. But that's because I'm measuring at a very low level. Kids who are in seventh already knew how to read. So there'd be a bit of a drop, but not much. But where are these kids as far as where they need to be? While ASAR does not give you that, the answer to that, we can see, and again, you know, if you look through the report, you'll see, and let, let's take a long view because we have to look at what we've been able to do or not do in the last 10 years, not just what happened in the last few years. 10 years, 12 years, ASAR provides data for that whole sort of looking back. We see that, uh, you know, even in class eight, Basic math levels are very low. You know, the ability to do division, a three-digit by one-digit division, if you take that just as a proxy. I mean, there's obviously much more to be done in math than just that. But if you take that as an indicator or a proxy, we see that in many states, half the children are still not able to do that, which means they have not gained from being in upper primary or in middle school because they are still struggling with things that they should have, have learned in primary grades. If you look at the learning levels of class five versus class eight, obviously class eight is slightly higher than class five, but certainly not equivalent to four years of difference. So we have a long run trend that if you did not gain your basic fundamentals in primary school, you're not gonna get them, get them in upper primary school. So I think this is a bigger challenge. 
in nippon bharat at least we know what we have to do and we are you know getting ready to do it i think our entire upper primary what are we doing where are we why are kids getting so so left behind and how are you going to accelerate because the closer you get to your 10th standard exams the tougher it is to make any change in practice so i think that's a big one and a couple of days ago in the hindu i actually wrote a piece on this to say this is a big challenge because our kids are leaving eighth many many of them not equipped to deal with the next stage of education and certainly not with life speaking about learning trajectories doctor the report said and what you explained to us also was that learning trajectories over upper primary grades 5 to 8 are relatively flat has this been a trend that you have seen over the course of all of the asr reports that have happened over the years yeah this is a long run trend so you know i was uh, listening to uh, asr uh, discussion in west bengal and very interestingly uh, one of the people on the panel was is actually a doctor and he said this is like joshi mat okay meaning that uh, you know we have known for a long time that uh, things are not good uh, the the actually foundations are weak okay whether it's in joshimat or whether it's with our children's learning but it suddenly the pandemic comes along and we are all waking up and we see the crack but at least as the upper primary goes this has been a long run fact and as schools reopened after the pandemic we should have looked at what our past is and started building from there because building the foundational skills of kids who are older and cognitively more advanced is a lot easier so if you look at for example one state that i can say that has done a very determined uh, job in upper primary grades is delhi so in delhi uh, in april when schools opened they did an assessment of all their children found exactly the kind of picture that asar shows and for the next 4 months they put their curriculum aside and helped entire upper primary grades get back to fundamentals it you can do it very quickly with these older kids because you know they know a lot it's just that they've forgotten certain skills so i really wish that across the country they you know nippon bharat is a longer run game this catch up for 4th 5th 6th 7th needs to be done quickly and can be done quickly so that then you can move on to what you know you really should be doing in school doctor speaking a little bit about the causes um the asr report did show that teacher attendance student attendance in fact teacher attendance went up a little student attendance remained relatively stable but what are the causes behind this do we have a problem with teacher training do we have a problem with funding in government schools where are we missing out So I would say that if I take uh, you know if you were asking me this question in 2018 or before March 2020 I would say that you know there are many reasons okay families attendance schools whatever but I think a big problem was that the way we teach in school is we teach at grade level a teacher comes into a class she picks up the textbook for that grade and teaches the children from chapter 1 to chapter 20 let's say right and that's what she does that's what she is trained to do even if you look at the right to education act somewhere in the act there is a line which says ensure that the syllabus for the year is completed so that is how our teaching is organized and it comes from a time when most children could keep up with grade level because there were very few and selected children in the school whose parents probably could also help them at home but if you look look at the third standard results not just of 2022 but even if you go as far back as 
we have always had this 30% who are at grade level and the rest even in the beginning of their educational life get left behind so quickly so the grade i think uh, uh, you know the nobel prize winner abhijit banerjee calls it the tyranny of the curriculum that you are actually teaching the curriculum you are not teaching children so along comes new education policy and at least the the foundational stage part of the policy which is now you know translated and into nipun bharat says let's reach a goal how we reach the goal there could be many ways of reaching the goal but teaching at i mean the policy doesn't say don't teach from the textbook but i think the policy the way it's formulated says let's reach the goal doing whatever we have to do the policy lays out that we are perhaps not starting soon enough we have to build our children's foundations starting from age 3 we have to build a broad set of uh, skills so that there's a breadth of skills that you build this foundation and let's do that let us pay attention to the child's language figure out what is the best way in which uh, the child can operate and so i feel like the new education policy at least up to third standard is very clear about saying at least do some of these things now what happens beyond perhaps you know it gets a little bit more complicated so if we take the spirit of the policy the framework of nipun bharat and if we also consider another thing from covid which is that across the board families also got involved not just in children's schooling but in learning and you know in some elite cases it may have been parents sitting down with children and doing homework but in a large part of rural and not uh, economically strong households people helped in whatever way they could it could be just looking at a textbook with your kid or whatever it is so i feel like covid has taught us that you can count on parental involvement and for these younger children their mothers and i'm particularly focusing on mothers because often fathers are away at work but mothers have gained from the last 10 15 years of universal elementary education so the education levels of mothers of today's children who are aged 3 to 8 is a lot higher than even 15 years ago so this is a huge new resource that must be built into our path forward so for nipun bharat to be successful government is doing many things more things could obviously be done but i think there is a role for parents and there is a role for community at large to say if we are able to achieve these goals india will be a different place in future doctor you were speaking about parental involvement right now it is very clear from the report that parents want to educate the rise in the number of children going to private tuition classes as you told us especially in west bengal and certain other states indicates that even when formal schooling was closed they do want their child to have some level of education in order to get forward so where can india invest more do we need more budgetary allocation do we need better training of our teachers what do we need i think all of those you know we need we need to tie our teacher training to our teacher effectiveness so it's not enough to just to train i need to know what i'm training them in what is the kind of classroom interaction what is the kind of materials what is the kind of assessment that actually helps the teacher and the students move forward in a positive way so we need to have our eyes on the ground be flexible in any state there are districts which are like himachal or you know kerala and there are districts which are much worse off so the one size fits all often doesn't help anyone it holds back those who are going fast and it is not enough or adequate for those who are going slow 
So I think our eyes to the ground and flexible interventions is important. One big area in which I think we need substantial amount of focus and effort, maybe not it's it's maybe it's not only money, is that you need academic support to schools. I need someone to come into my class once a week, once a fortnight, sit with me, look at how I'm teaching, help me to improve. And that person who comes in should have the ability to have changed such classrooms in the past. So as Pratham, for example, when we work with state governments, we always create a cadre of what we call leaders of practice. So if I'm going to tell teachers that in you know one month's time, you have to have so much progress, I better make sure that the leader of these people has already done it. So they are able to lead by example, lead from experience. So an investment in an academic cadre within the government system, we do have block education officers, cluster people, but for a long time, they were the people who were helping to get the schools built, uh, the teachers deployed and so on. I think we need to shift that to being now really supporting the ongoing teaching learning transactions in, in the school. So that's one. Second, I think, is that uh, you have to invite, you know, we spend a lot of time and money on teacher training. But I think this is a good time to see how can you actively involve parents. And again, there, you know, again, I'm talking from my Pratham hat and not my Asar hat. We see, for example, that uh, in a lot of places where we work, we have created groups of mothers by neighborhood, mothers whose children are in Anganwadi or in one and two. And they get a set of activities every week to do with their kids. And once a month, uh, you know, meet in the school and get further uh, guidance and advice from the class one or class two teacher. Now, several states are doing this. Punjab, for example, does mother workshops every quarter. But uh, Maharashtra is a state where this mother's group idea has been taken on. And so now every government primary school in Maharashtra has these mother's groups who are getting these inputs. Some of this is not money. Some of this is just eye on the goal, uh, flexible strategies that you think will work and a view to, you know, evaluating is this working or not? Or do I need to, you know, change uh, my strategy? So in a nutshell, if you ask me, I think Nipun Bharat could be called leap forward. How do you leap forward from your 20, 25% mark all the way up to 100? It's like a, you know, a leap forward. You have to jump up. And then we have a big task, which I think is relatively easier to do, which is a catch up on basic foundational skills for class four to class eight. These are the two things that I think is, and it's a change of priority, a change of focus. You know, money is always useful, but I think you have to have your eye on the goal. Right. Last question, doctor. Um, India lags behind uh, compared to Southeast Asia, for instance, other countries in and around our neighborhood when it comes to education. Would do you, I know that uh, the situations aren't quite comparable because of our population levels and because of the differences within the country itself. But that, are there any models, say, in Asia, in South Asia that have worked and that could possibly work in India as well? Unfortunately, Zubeda, I don't know anything other than India, but I feel, <laughs> but I feel we have examples within our own country. You know, we need to look at ourselves to see which state is has done well, which state has taken steps. So, for again, in the Nipun Bharat example, we are seeing uh, two different ways in which you can start working on this early childhood space. There are states like Himachal and Punjab which actually well before NEP put in a pre-primary uh, grade into their primary schools. And they've been working since then to strengthen and beef up the pre-primary in the government school. 
Then we see states like Andhra Pradesh, like Haryana, and I'm mentioning these because we work with these states, so I know in depth what we are, what is happening there. There, the uh, attempt is to really strengthen the Anganwadis, the ICDS system, because ICDS does nutrition, does health, uh, and has an early childhood education component, which often doesn't get as much attention as, say, nutrition. But these exist. They exist in every village. There are sometimes more than one Anganwadi in a village. So rather than creating something new, how do you beef up what you have so that you can get this leg up? So again, I would say that states need to look at each other. They need to look at neighbors. They need to look at who has done what so that you can learn from each other. Uh, And then I'm sure there are other places in the world we can learn from. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure there is. So there is a lot of learning to be done. This leap forward is a big leap. And to do that, you need to figure out, you know, (laughs) which direction to leap in. Would would you say there are any learnings to take away from the pandemic as well? Since everybody shifted to digital education, is there anything that could be incorporated from what we did over the last two years too? So I think one is the pandemic, the positive features, if we, we may call it that, is that there was a huge jump up in teachers' capability to handle technology. Now, this can only be a good thing because there's a much bigger variety of resources available to you if you can navigate and know what you're looking for. And you are digitally, you know, much more savvy in being able to do that. I think the more important part, perhaps, is the fact that parents got involved in children's learning. Again, at an elite level, it may take a different shape. And at a, you know, much lower educated family, it may take a different shape. But I think that, as you say, the the thumping support for education has come through this asset report. I think parents are ready to do whatever it takes. And until COVID, I would say, and I'm making it a little bit more black and white than it may really be, I think parents were heavily invested in schooling. But this jump to saying education is schooling and learning, and I need to pay attention to learning, I think has happened and is happening. So you need to ride that curve and invite parents to be equal partners, not only in paying the fees or making sure children come to school, but actually in saying that you can do one, two, three, four, five fun activities with your kids at home that can actually both build your capability as well as the child's. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Dr. Banerjee. Thank you. Thank you, Zubeda. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.